you can create anything with your breath, anything at all, whether that's healing, whether that's abundance, whether that's freedom. And also I've been in enough sticky situations in my life and I can firmly, confidently say I definitely breathed my way through them, breathe my way out of them, breathe my way, you know, <laughs> up from them, whatever, you know, but with without it, we have nothing. And so prioritize your breathing, please, because this life force, you know, because once upon a time, the whole universe got together and said, you, you will be a great idea. Boom, there was your conception, right? And then you come along and you have this intrinsic nature about you, which is derived from your relationship with source. And when you're born, and you're breathing in that way where you're close to that alignment with source, means that you have a purpose means that whatever's going on with you, whether that's stuff that you love or stuff that has happened to you and created scarring in whatever way, is what you are here to share. And whether we are afraid of unpicking that stuff behind those scars or afraid of stepping out from one world into another one, the one thing that will help you soar to that place is breathing. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week, in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest will give you a dose of peace of mind through yoga, meditation, and body work. Jambo Dragon blew me away with his extensive knowledge of bodywork regarding acupuncture, acupressure, and much more. It's literally what he studied and went to school for. He also helped open up a new dimension of thought for me about the importance and impact of breathwork. He really shifted my whole outlook on it. It's beautiful. He truly believes that what he's doing is his exact purpose and meaning of his life. 
When you can connect with, tap into, and share space with someone like that, it's really special. You can check out the Jambo Dragon School online where he shares his years of knowledge, education, and experience to live his purpose of helping the world through meditation, bodywork, yoga, and breathwork. Jambo, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, buddy. Thank you so much, Justin, for inviting me. Of course, man. I want to just ask you to right off the bat, I know you do a lot of body work, meditation, yoga. What does your morning routine look like? Like, was today your normal routine? You know, it's even, we. I use the term morning routine, but I, what I really mean is like, how do you set up your morning so that you can feel good, be present, and get the most out of out of your day each day. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's just make it clear that I'm not I'm not perfect here. Okay. <laughs> and, and what I'm about to share with you is what happens in a good day. So I wake up, and the only time I touch my phone is to turn off the alarm. <laughs> yes. Now, if that happens, it's already going to be a good day. <laughs> and then I sit up. I usually have a flask of water next to me, about maybe like something close to a liter of water, not quite a liter. I have it ready. And then I get up and I start breathing. Hmm. And ideally, I would sip this water whilst going through whatever pranayama practices I needed just to get my energy up, get into my body. For me, I have such a great time in dream time that it takes quite a bit of time to come back. So that hydrating and breathing in a variety of ways, depending on the day, gets me, gets things starting to move in a a very, very pleasant way. And then right after that, I'll have a coffee. (laughs) Right after that, I'll have a really, really, really good coffee. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now that's my, my little reward of that. And then essentially the first part of the day has to have some sort of breath work and some movement practice in it. And so these days, the movement practices in the morning range from a yoga practice, a mobility practice, or I might even go and lift some weights in the gym, something like that. But it's very important for me to get in here before I do anything. <laughs> and And so because of that, I actually prefer to start work a little bit later. And I've actually created that scenario. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for for a number of years now. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I like to start the morning. I make it mine, involving a lot of movement and breath. I That's awesome, man. Ah, that just touched in me in a few different spots. So I just recently, about a week ago, now when I wake up every morning, I will either start stretching right away, do yoga right away, uh, go for a run or take my dog for a walk. Because I used to have, you know, a great morning routine and then I kind of started to fall away from it. And I started to not do those things to move my body when I first woke up. And I felt that during the day, I kind of just felt like a lull in the morning. And it wouldn't be until like the afternoon where I feel like I'd really start to pick up energy and be like, all right, cool. Because at that point, my body was just like moving more during the day. And you just touching on that just as like, yes, okay, reminds me of how good that is uh, to get up and just instantly really just start to move my body, get the blood flowing, just get my body more active. 
And like before in my morning routine, I would do yoga, I would go for a walk. This is the first time that now I've really started to stretch for like 30 to 45 minutes in the morning. Uh, and it feels in, it just feels incredible. Like I don't feel tight. Yeah. Did you say that before you did something else before you stretch? Did you run first before? It's one, it's just one of these things. I'll either stretch for like 40, 30 to 45 minutes, or I'll do yoga or I'll go for a run or I will take my dog for a walk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love that there's this variety because I, as you were talking there, it made me feel into my internal bank and I have bank accounts right inside of my body. And I'm like, okay, is the gym one in red, you know, like, oh, oh, what is the yoga one in, you know, how's that going? And then I usually go for the one that's, that's needed to happen. And that will change as, as I age, as I evolve, as time goes on. I mean, I spent the first part of my life getting up and meditating first thing. And then as I got older, I realized that actually I need to get up and start moving first, because if I meditate first, I'm still sluggish. That's what I would always do too. I will, I would first wake up and I'd have to, I would shower first and then meditate like first though, because if I didn't shower first, during my meditation, I'd start to kind of like fall asleep a little bit. I would just kind of be a little bit tired. So like the shower would wake me up first and that's what I would always do. And then either yoga or whatever, that physical activity would always come like after that or just later than a day or at night or something like that. And it does, it just feels much nicer to get up and just do that first. Yeah. And another one of the things that you mentioned too, Jambo, that like really ah, touches me is so you said that you know you've created this life in reality now where you can start your day a little bit later right like you created that and so i have a very similar situation where my day like sometimes i will sit down at my computer for the first time or like really get into work at like 10 a.m and dude i have these moments where i'll shame myself for it it's so I know it's like something because it's like, if I start at 10 or maybe even 1030, I'm like, could I have gotten up earlier? Could I have done more? Could I have started earlier? All these things. And then I'll have these moments, Shambo, where I'm like, just be still. You created this. This is awesome. When I had my job before where I had to be in the office at 830 or 845, I would have done anything in the world to be able to start my day at 10 or 10, 15 or 10, 30. And it's like, I'm still getting everything I need to get done throughout the day. I'm having these great, like this great time in the morning to meditate, to run yoga, do all of those things. And I just have to remind myself sometimes it's like, it's okay. You created this on purpose. So you could have this time in the morning. And so you could ease yourself into the day. But it's some of those days, man, it's like, and just having the mindfulness and the awareness to pull myself back when I'm like, ah, are you getting enough done today? Should you have gotten up earlier? Why are you starting so late? And it's like, it's just, and so you saying that right now, man, just cemented that even more for me, reminded me even more that I created this. And this is a beautiful thing that I manifested on purpose. Yes. And you know what? I like, I mean, when you said 10 a.m., I was like, yeah, give yourself another 30 minutes. <laughs> so I'm glad that you sometimes start 10, 15, 10, 30, because I prefer to. You know, like I feel that one of the things that we definitely share is a passion for sharing the many different formed manifestations of love in the world. And I firmly believe that unless I give myself 
the full tank, I'm not going to be as effective in aligning, well, in delivering with what I spend so much time trying to align with, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, 10 30, here's the 10.30 a.m. Yeah. starts all the way. Thank you very much. You make me feel way less alone in this world. Uh, <laughs> right, it's wild because when, when I wasn't doing that, that's like all I wanted. I'm like, wow, it would be so cool to wake up, not have to rush into the office, to be able to be home, have a beautiful morning routine, have these hours to do these things. And then I created it and I started to doubt it and shame myself and not like it. And it's just, you know, it's really just... It's so interesting, you know, at least it happens to me sometimes, we'll have these things that we want to create. And then when we get there, we can get caught up in just like the everyday craziness of life. And we don't appreciate what we created for ourselves because it was something that we really wanted. And then when we get there, sometimes it's like, well, now, but what about this and that? And it's like, if you could have gone back six months, a year ago or whatever it was and known that that was going to happen, then you would have been thrilled. So why? Do we do this? Do we not appreciate these things in the moment, the things that we created that we wanted? Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, you've actually touched on something for myself. I, I grew up in an era where mobile phones were not smartphones. So when I look back at things such as social media now, and I can see where I was at like 20 years ago, all that kind of stuff, uh, it, uh, it uh, hindsight, you know, this more time I spend in hindsight, the less time I waste beating myself up now, because it's easier to hear that voice because I see the images. I see even, you know, reels have been going on for what, 12 months or something like that. Even looking at a reel that I made a year ago and remembering how I felt that day or during that period, and then recalling right now, wow, that was a a waste of time when I could have been doing whatever it was that I was intending to actually do. And so the more of those I see, the easier it is to let my mind know in the present moment as it arises now, it's okay. You know, this you're going to get over this really, really soon. I think it's so important to always realize it's always okay. Yeah. Literally. It's always okay. When I beat myself up in the morning, like I was talking about sometimes, I'll have that realization. I'm like, it's okay. Like we don't need to do this to ourselves. We don't need to beat ourselves up, shame ourselves in these moments. And this conversation just again is helping me have more of this realization over and over and over again. That when we do this, when we don't just love ourselves and care for ourselves and are just easy with ourselves, it's just so self-deprecating. It just lowers our vibration and then it affects the rest of our day. It just brings us to that lower vibration. So then we, unless we can build ourselves back up again, we're constantly moving through that day on that lower vibration, experiencing reality on that lower vibration. Yes. (laughs) When we spend all our time trying to perceive existence from a different dimension. Exactly. Like it's not beneficial for me to want to meditate in the morning so I can just be in a good place that day. But then when I don't, I beat myself up and lower myself more and more and more. Uh, It just, okay. You know? Yeah. And Jambo. So I know, you know, this is a big part of your practice, yoga, meditation, body work, all these things. Uh-huh. you know, that you're teaching so many people about. 
how, you know, how did this journey start for you? When, how did, how did these things start to come into your life? You know, was meditation and yoga something that was always a part of you that your parents did, that your siblings did, or is it something that you just kind of found on your own as you grew through life? Okay. So I've not done anything else. This is the only job I've had. I mean, I, I do that because it doesn't feel like work, right? It just feels like the purpose of this life, this incarnation. But if I was to describe like that, it's the first job that I've ever had. And I started getting involved in spiritual practices when I was around maybe four or five, uh, mainly because I'm the eldest child of an Asian family and they're very traditional. So there was a lot of ceremonial stuff, ritualistic stuff that I had to be involved with. And so uh, that started around the age of four or five. It was my great grandmother's funeral. And it was just a, a, a very beautiful, fiery, lots of fire, lots of burning things going on event. And after that, something had happened because I started to say to my parents and my grandparents that I could see her when I was falling asleep at night. But they they, they didn't like this, you know, and, and whatever they put into my head eventually made the, I have these very clear memories of laying down and going to sleep. And then okay, gradually her face would be a little scarier and a little bit further away. And eventually she'd be outside the window. My bed was right by the window. Uh, and I have that memory and I don't, I don't really know where to place that in, in my, that's just the beginning of my story, but it wasn't until my sister, one of my sisters passed away when I was 14 and my maternal grandfather came from Vietnam to the UK to help help us take care of things help my mom take care of things and he was a practicing Buddhist and so he taught me meditation chanting sutra chanting mantrayana that kind of thing so I started formal meditation practice from the age of 14. Now but because of the way that my my family are are very traditional Taoists, they would always have something going on, and there would always be some Taoist teacher involved. And I remember they would, I want to say, taught me a trick. <laughs> you know, I just remember these tricks that I used to do with mala beads and and things like that, which I still don't quite understand. But I feel as though it's influenced me somehow to be open to that type of to that type of world. So I embarked on this meditation journey for me from from 14. And, and then I basically got through school as easily as I could because I I wasn't one for abiding by things that didn't make sense. It was very, yeah, it was really difficult for me to, 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 to go through that process that we go to school. And then I partied for many years and it wasn't until one of my teachers, I mean, the party didn't work. You know, I, I did that life, did that circuit. And it wasn't until one of my teachers tapped me on the shoulder one day and said, okay, enough messing around now, time to go back to school. And I went, what am I supposed to do in school? And his response was, I don't know, go do reflexology or something like that. So because of my history of having these teachers in my life, I just go, okay. And I feel that I've been blessed to have good relationships with teachers where I've been led to believe that by going, okay, and following the steps that something great usually happens. So I don't even know what reflexology is. I'm like a kid, like I'm 20 years old or something like that. And 
I walk into this classroom and everyone's like way older than me, all in like these white suits, rubbing each other's feet. And I'm like, what is going on here? And at the time I had sciatica and I was dating a nurse and he had given me some of these really strong painkillers, which left me laying on the floor feeling quite sedated, but and the pain felt a little bit distant, you know? And so I told the lecturer one day, I've got this thing, sciatica. And she showed me this move. And I remember it was so painful, but I went home and I repeated this move every single night for a week. And I remember being close to tears, but really wanting this knot that she showed me in my foot to go. After one week, and I'd had this sciatica for, I don't know, however many months, but after one week, the pain completely vanished. And the next, that week, I ran into the school and I was like, if there is a degree in this, I want to do this. And of course, they all laughed at me and said, there's nothing like this that exists. And so I decided, okay, I'm so committed now. I'm going to dive into this. And I decided I'm going to sign up for all these part-time courses in massage therapy and all of the different varieties. And after a year of doing part-time courses, I'm going to set up as a practitioner. I was like gung-ho and ready for a new life. And I got there and they said, look, there is this degree for people like you. It's three years. And I'm there going, look, honey, I've only got time for one. You're getting one. <laughs> You're getting one year out of me, you know? But she convinced me to do the three years. And I was, I'm so glad that I followed through with it because it was a whole spectrum of this type of medicine. And then it wasn't until when I got to university. Now, I also should add that I come from a background of eating disorders. My body weight has fluctuated my most of my life. And when I was younger, food was love. And I had a lot of love in, in me. So by the time I got to university, it was the first time I realized, oh, having a body is actually quite important here. You know, at least one that visually fits into the game that I've, I've signed up for, you know. And so it, I came across yoga then. And I mean, I haven't stopped since. Thank you for the vulnerability and openness of that story. Um, one of the things that you said right in the beginning too, that like really caught me Jambo is that you said, you don't feel like this is work. And I love that you quoted, you know, you put in quotations work and you put, you know, you're doing your purpose of this life and re reincarnation. It's like, you don't feel like you're working. You're here just doing your purpose of this life. And whenever a guest is doing this in their life, I think it is so imperative to really put more focus and awareness on this, that like that exists. Right. The person listening to this right now who either hates their job or like just really doesn't like it or feels like they're in a place that isn't aligned to them, it doesn't fit right for them. Even just knowing that it is possible to find a career in what your passion is, what you feel like your purpose is, to even know that that exists. That's like that first step forward. That right before you really hear and know of somebody who does that, you might be like, yeah, maybe that exists. I don't know. And then you're just capped or shut. But then as soon as you hear a story of somebody who is living it in the moment, experiencing it now, it just cracks that open a little bit. And then beyond that crack, there's this whole universe that can exist where you can go and do that thing. But if you don't know that it exists first, you don't have that crack open into that infinite universe where you can create that. Well, then it might as well not even exist for you. 
So first off, thank you for being the example of that because that is just crucial for people to know about. Um, and your story, buddy, it's just very interesting. You know, I love too that you start to really get into this because of your own experience with it. Like to me, experience is everything. And the fact that you were able to do that, work out the nod in you over that course of the week, experience it for yourself, mm-hmm. how impactful this yeah. sort of a practice or thing could be yeah. was clearly like the driving force behind you wanting to move in this direction. Right. And and interesting alignment of this conversation and what's happened today. I woke up recovering from a chest infection, realized that I had this appointment with you now. And so I pulled some needles out and just put needles in me to pull myself together to make that happen. And so you're absolutely right. It's these these experiences that build these, I guess, neurosynapses that help us shape into the being that we're supposed supposed to be if you follow through with it I'm really glad that you talked about purpose I'm really big 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 on purpose and uh, there's a can, can I share something about face reading with you is that all right something please of course I'm yeah super super into face reading it's a form of diagnostic techniques that come from classical East Asian medicine and so like I, I like to talk about face reading because a lot of people look at their lines and they get very concerned about them. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend time talking about the illusions that we get into when we, when we go into our lines from that perspective. But I just want to point these out here. These are called purpose lines. So when you have them, it means that even if you don't think you're living your purpose or you don't realize you're living it, it means that whatever you're doing is in line with whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing. And so 20 years ago, where I, I'm, I'm in the UK, 20 years ago, doing my line of work just wasn't what it is now. I used to have to beg people to let me rent a room from them. For example, people were not interested in this type of work. It didn't exist as a concept, you know, to people. And now it's like a booming industry. So like you said, whoever's listening now, like your thing could be riding a bike. It just could be riding a bike, you know? I mean, let's look at skipping. People have made skipping a huge thing now. So whoever's listening, whatever your thing is, if you see that you have these lines here, and you're questioning whether you're living your purpose or not, recognize that there's something in your life that's doing that's already in line with that, and then just do it. Now, a lot of my students will often ask me, they look at my schedule. I am nomadic at the moment. They look at my schedule and they they go, whoa, how do you even do this? Do you not get tired from the traveling? And something actually happens to me when I could, I could wake up tired one day. That's not an unusual thing to happen sometimes, but the moment when I step into the space where I'm to do my work, my partner will say, the moment you see your students, everything will change. And there's truth in that. It's like, where did this surge of enthusiasm, energy come from? And so in East Asian medicine, there's this idea that we are all born with a purpose and they call it the heavenly mandate. And the moment that you decide to go in alignment with your purpose, the whole universe comes together and goes, ah, ah, 
you're finally here. You're finally doing what you came here to do. So we're now going to give you loads of energy so that you can go and deliver that work. So I, I, I hope that adds to the piece that you shared earlier for, for people who are listening. And I hope it gives you an idea of like why I get up and do it. And just so everyone knows the, the lines that Jambo was talking about, they're like the lines, the inner, it's like your cheek to your mouth, right? That was the lines that you were showing. It's like that, those lines that on each side of your nose, kind of that go from the bottom of your nose down to like, down to your lip. That's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah outside of nose to outside of lips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's so interesting. It's like when you're, ah, it's amazing. It's like when you are feeling fulfilled in those moments, when you know you're living your purpose, you know what just aligns and resonates and feels incredible to your soul and truly who you are, that energy is infinite. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's to me, it's like, it's always, it's always there. Like I, to me, I, and I really firmly believe that energy is always there. And it's like, that's just one of the ways I think that you can tap right into it. Mm -hmm. and allow that to come through you and expand by literally doing what you were meant to do in this lifetime. And you can feel that. And like, that's such a great example of you too, man. Like when you're with your students and things like you just mentioned, that energy comes through you, you can feel that you're just exactly where you need to be. And when you align like that, the energy, the energy that is just all around us that I believe is truly infinite can just rocket through you. Yes. It's pretty incredible. It really is. It's like, I, I'll do that too. On some days, like I'll get up and I'll be just like tired or just stressed about something. And Jambo, there's some days where <laughs> if I'm not feeling great and I know I have a podcast that day, I will in my mind be like, it is totally cool if this guest has to like reschedule. Or yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then every time I come into the conversation, I'm a brand new person. I'm like not at all who I was 15 or 20 minutes ago or an hour or two ago. When I'm here, I, all that goes away. It's like that didn't even exist for me earlier in the day. It's, it's just, it's wild. And I just feel right where I need to be. I get to have these incredible conversations with like-minded, like-hearted souls who are just putting good kindness and love out into the world. And it's like, ah, this is where I'm supposed to be. And the energy just comes through me. And that version of Justin that existed, you know, again, 20, 30 minutes ago is just not there at all anymore. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> but he wild. was strong when he was there. He, had he was <laughs> that he was super strong. He really was. It's like, yo, that would be up. Like, not even that'd be cool if they if they have to cancel or reschedule. I'm like, I hope that they do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like as soon as I get here, I'm like, why did I think that? I'm like, yeah. what? And it's okay. Like I honor that person who I am at that time. I'm not like looking down on myself or feeling that way, but I'll get here and I'm like, wow, why? Like where? Just because I'm, I'm, I'm so far removed from that version of me that it's hard to even in these moments to be like, wow, I thought that that's interesting. Mm. It's also kind of cool though. It shows in this human experience, how we can experience so many different things. It's like, the emotions, the range that we as humans are able to experience is kind of breathtaking. Yes. That's a great word to use, breathtaking, to describe all the emotions that we get to experience. It's like within the span of a very, very short period of time, within minutes, mm. 
we can go from super low to super high or super high to super low or in the middle. And we can, there's just this massive spectrum of energies and feelings and emotions that we get to experience here. Mm -hmm. And there can just be gratitude. Like, I'm not saying the suffering, the pain. And like, when I feel that way on certain days, I, like, I don't, it doesn't feel great. Sure. You know, I don't love it in the moment, but there's also gratitude there for even just the idea that we get to experience it. And like, would it, would these moments that I'm here feel as good as they felt if I didn't have that prior experience sometimes? I don't know. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but there's just always gratitude. There's always good in literally everything. I just truly believe that. You've just taken me to a place of realizing the sheer immense of power that a human being has within the human experience. Because like you said, the spectrum of emotions that we move through and cycle through life, depending on which emotional lens we are experiencing life through, that's how life is. That's literally how the whole universe has been reorganized and shaped in that moment so that we can experience whether it's tiredness or anger or joy or whatever. And each one of those emotions is powerful, so powerful that it reminds me of how powerful we are, how our thoughts are, and what we choose to invest our emotional energy in. And it's like, I'm, I'm learning this a lot recently. It's like when we have those moments of anger or sadness or despair, those quote unquote negative emotions, there really is good there because those things are telling us this is not what I align with. Mm -hmm. Like even on those days where I'm hoping that the guest maybe cancels, I don't feel good in those moments. That just shows me this isn't aligned with me. This isn't really truly who I am. And then when I actually do the podcast, I'm like, yep, this is who I am. This is aligned with me. So it's like, even those, those, those not so great emotions are there as a guidance system to let us know what we don't align with, what we don't respond with, what doesn't really fit in who we want to be. And it's like, all right, cool. Wow. Thank you. I know who I don't want to show up as. I know who I don't want to be. This thing that's making me angry just lets me know that it doesn't align with my soul and my truth and who I am. So now, cool. Thank you for that. Now I can start to move in the other direction towards what does make sense for me, for what does align with me. It can literally be our guidance system. It's only when like the things that say maybe anger you or bring you down. We as humans, a lot of the times we will have those moments and instead of using it as a guidance system, instead of using it as like, okay, cool, this is what I don't want. Now let me go towards what I do want. We sit and stew in that anger of what we don't want. And we just recycle it over and over and over again. And we relive it over and over and over again. And then when we do that, we start to take those negative emotions into our everyday life. So if I'm angry at something else, instead of realizing, okay, hey, this is not for me. Cool. That's not what I want. And going in the other direction, if I stay in that and I'm like, oh, this sucks. This is terrible. Uh, why does the world work that way? I'm living in that, right? Th those angry emotions. And if I carry that with me throughout my day, <laughs> then maybe when I go see somebody out, I don't hold the door for him because I'm just angry about something else. Or when I get yeah, home, I'm just not as playful with my daughter has nothing to do with her, but because I'm carrying this angry emotion with me throughout the day. So there's just that balance there. It's like using them for good, but not letting them take over 
our life and our day and the way that we show up in the world when we do experience that thing that we don't so align with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't let any of that stuff get in the way of doing what we love or being in love. That's when it bothers me the most, when it interferes with me being in love with whatever it is I'm being in love with at the time. I'm like, whoa, no, no. That was, you were I good. Emotion, you were good, but no. <laughs> yes. I love that. That is that is what it is. It's like in those moments, I'm not being in love. I'm not being yes. in love with in the with the present moment because this yeah. negative emotion, this negative feeling is just stewing in me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'm, when we resist the, I mean, I wanna, I, I mean, I I in my meditations, I call it resisting the perfection of the present moment. And I, you know, I know this stuff that's going on in the world that isn't ideal and and perfect, but in the present moment, what is the perfection of it exists. And if I'm so stewed, I don't realize that it's a beautiful sunny day in a country that doesn't have that much sunshine, <laughs> for example. What a waste of a day. I just wasted a whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but I want to ask you too. So I want to touch in, touch on more of like the work that you're doing. Sure. And so people can get in contact with you, reach out to you. So if you can just give us like a, maybe a quick breakdown of, so I know you have like, um, you have, where is it? You have your online school for yoga enthusiasts. So if you can just give us a little bit of a breakdown of just the things that you offer, things that people, if like they want to tap into you and your knowledge, what does that look like for somebody who is trying to step more into body work, into acupuncture, meditation, yoga, all those things? Okay. Well, great. First of all, I'd like to say that the majority of the people that I work with are people that I know and people that I work with for a number of years. I traveled and taught for over 10 years. And so internationally, our base is now moved online. The people that usually come to work with me are people that are experienced to some sort of level. I rarely get an apps, you know, a complete, complete beginner, but that doesn't mean that I don't welcome them. It's just, I want, I want people to know that if you feel that you've had a, you know, a good taste of yoga and body work and acupressure and meditation, and you want to see a different side to it, then I'm the guy to work with. I like to explore the edges of these practices. I'm an absolute traditionalist deep down at heart. And then I spend the rest of my time looking at evidence-based practice. So I have this fusion of bringing in the richness of the tradition and sharing, you know, the whatever updates I can get my hands on, really. And in that community, we do a lot of what the community needs. And that's usually based on having discussions and conversations and interactions with people who are there. And so we we go through doing yoga and meditation body work quite seasonally. You know, we go in line with whatever's going on in the world and whatever's going on with the community. I, I'm very much about that at the moment. There was a time when I was teaching or sending a message out in a way where I was like, this is what the whole world needs to hear. But now I'm very much like, actually, this is what my community needs to hear or, or wants to work with. So if you like that kind of working, then then you'll like my style. I'm pretty no frills. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty, you know, like I, I let my mouth go and I try to make you laugh, you know, that kind of thing. 
And then I try my best to simplify stuff. So when it comes to the yoga stuff, like I said, a lot of the people that I work with are people who have some sort of experience. So I, I have a lot of I do. I have a lot of background in anatomy and biomechanics. So I tend to have practitioners that are interested in hearing why the sequencing is going in that way. They like to hear that type of stuff. Or often I'll go, I read this document last night. And so I would like to share the evidence from this study into this yoga practice and give you an insight of what that means. You know, I, 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 I really, really, really enjoy that now, but also, like I said, I'm a traditionalist. So in the acupressure stuff at the moment, I teach people stuff that's from the classical texts. And so at the moment, what we're all getting fascinated about is all of the acupressure points that have the word spirit in it and showing people then how to use these in on themselves and self body work or the way that they do body work or yoga so that they can invite and embody spirit in these different ways. Like in, in a popular way of talking about embodiment of spirit, we might identify with it as being one thing, but in shamanic East Asian medicine, which is where traditional Chinese medicine comes from, you have five spirits. So there's five ways that you sparkle up. And what we're interested now is in sharing these bodywork sequences so that people can sparkle up aspects of their spirit that, that need a little bit more embodiment. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I often do these 28 day challenges and they're all, I mean, how, 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 what, I should have asked you this at the start, but what, uh, is this, is this podcast PG or am you I allowed can, to swear? You can be who, who you are. All right. Okay. Cool. Yep. So in January, we did a 28 day unfuck your anxiety meditation series. And that was a lot of fun. You know, we'll, we'll do that kind of thing. And sometimes we'll do a, Hey, let's do 28 days of unfuck your back, you know, that kind of, mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. And so we'd like to play with those edges as well. Nice. And honestly, I, I appreciate that you asked about that, about, you know, what, what is this PG or whatever words to me, it's the intention that we put behind the words. If you say you want to unfuck your anxiety, are you using fuck as like this terrible, mean, going after somebody thing? Like, no, you're using it in a playful way. And honestly, I think that's a good terminology too to grab people's attention to yeah. maybe make them lean into that more and want to do that. It's always about the intention. They're just words. It's just weird, you know, sounds that we make with our mouth. Yeah. And it's really the intention behind them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my background is in trauma, addiction, and chronic pain. So when I was working with those clients way back when, you know, I, I learned that you had to come to a place where you, you embrace what was going on, but you could also laugh at it. And if yes. you, when the person was at a place where they could begin to bring the energy of jest into their healing journey, the healing journey actually what do I want to say began or began to roller coaster? Yes. Oh. And Gemma, I want to ask you for your own personal example, you mentioned this before, right? You woke up or you've been having like a, a chest infection. Yeah. Um, and then you woke up this morning and you mentioned this, that you did some acupuncture, you yeah. know, to settle yourself down, put you in a good state of being for this podcast. What did that look like? What did that do for you? Where did you exactly put the points into your body? And okay. You know, I want to, I, cause to me, like to you, that's something that you do every single day. To me, I have no idea. I would never think to do that to help heal myself in that way. Okay. Okay. So 
<laughs> I needled my ears. I just lay down. I thought, okay, get some needles quick. And I lay down and I needled inside of my ears for an immunity boosting sequence. And then I laid there for about 20 minutes. And then, you know, I had a whole hour, right, before the setup. And then I I, I come around from the treatment. So I, I put the needles in and about maybe five, 10 minutes into it, I start going into these beautiful relax. I mean, you've had acupuncture before. I, you know what? I, I, as I think about it, and it's weird, I don't definitely know. I feel like when I was living in New York City one time, like a friend of mine had mentioned it to me and I went, but I really have like no recollection of it. So no, I'm okay. very, very, very unfamiliar with it. Okay, okay. So the way that I like to practice it is you stimulate these points, chi begins to move and you're able to feel that chi moving through your body. And then it kind of moves in a way that makes you feel relaxed. And then things start to get wavy and then dreamy. And then often I'll fall asleep. And I recommend falling asleep if you do get it. In fact, I recommend falling asleep as often as you can these days. And so when I come round from the treatment, I realize, okay, so that wave of chi now has ended. And I looked at the clock and I realized I've got 30 minutes left. And I thought, I don't know if this podcast is going to be visual or only audio. And I thought, well, if I feel as though I look like shit, I'm now going to needle my face. And I so I gave myself a little bit of a cosmetic treatment on my face too. And I relaxed with that for about 10 minutes. And then, you know, it was time to get ready to, well, I sat up for a little bit and then it was time to get ready. And then, so obviously you mentioned you're able to do this on your own to yourself, yes. correct? Yeah, yeah. I like to teach people how to do this for themselves. I'm actually going to Sweden next week to teach a group of people how to do cosmetic acupuncture to the face. Interesting. Is there other, I'm just trying to really dive into this. Is there other body work that you do? Yoga, yes. right? Acupuncture, acupressure? Yes. Okay. So the degree that I did involved a lot of different type of body work. And then as I evolved into a yoga practitioner and as a body worker, I do my best to stay up to date with things that are going on. So there's a lot of myofascial work that's involved. There's a lot of muscle testing. And I use muscle testing as a way to educate my client as well as my students. And uh, you know, like we'll sometimes do energy muscle testing, like, you know, does this, is this a good decision? Is that a bad decision? That kind of thing. But I'm much more into musculoskeletal stuff. And what is that say, exactly? Muscular. So muscles and muscle, muscles and bones. Got it. Muscles and bones. <clears throat> so I run these, these body work events. They can either be two days or five days, or sometimes I run them with 10 days with, with another colleague, Brian Campbell, who's based over LA way. And he's more of a myofascial genius, myofascial work, cranial work we bring in together. And then we also do muscle testing so that people learn how, what you, what's really important for me is that you must know how a muscle, how a structure activates as well as how it releases you need to know both. And then you need to know how, how to see the relationship of that as the rest of the body globally depends on that interaction, if that makes sense. And so I like to show people steps. I, I'm, I'm very much a, a step one to 10 protocol person when it comes to this stuff. And I believe that if you memorize things in that way, when it comes to working with the body, the way that we're able to see 
how the human body is able to move and then to heal is extraordinary. Now, I'm not saying that my way is the only way. I'm just letting you know that that's my style. I try to keep things as simple as I can, but I would say I enjoy being thorough. So are you a firm believer in things like yoga and things like acupuncture and things like understanding our body, the way it operates? We, by using those practices, we're able to heal ourselves and put ourselves just in a much better physical situation? Yes, I, I believe, I, I'm certain actually that the definition of health is measured by the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of an individual's being, for sure. But I will also firmly say that without a human body, it is really difficult to tap into the emotional, psychological, and spiritual bodies. Now, I started doing the spiritual practices at a really young age. And although I'm grateful for that, I do notice that in certain moments of my life, there could have been disembodiment moments. Like it was actually more important to sit still for an hour than it was to move. And that affected my body. And I, I've I've embarked in various types of trainings around monkhood, let's just say, and I'll and I'll I'll leave it there as, as that because I went down a couple of traditions, but both times I returned back to the conclusion of actually I've got to take care of my body because my body is the crystal ball to this experience of emotions, psycho, my psychological health, and my not just my spiritual well-being, but how I spiritually evolve all counts on how my, my my physical body is doing. So do I believe in the physical body? I believe that there are many different ways to the way of awakening and realizing ourselves and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is that my way is that the, the body is the map and the crystal ball mm. to whatever it is that you want to work out here. So many times in spirituality, we focus on the spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Our feelings, our emotions, how we're looking at a situation. Uh, it, it kind of exists in like this non-physical realm. And I love so much that's such a part of your practice, but it's also the physical body because that is very real. You know what I mean? It's like our physical body is here now. It's what we live and thrive in. So mm -hmm. bringing more awareness to the idea of really treating that in the best way that we can so that it's both it's our physical and spirituality that can get us to a higher place. And really like for me, a lot of the times I focus more on spirituality. It's like, I eat really healthy. I really, I, I focus very much on the food and the things I intake and put into my body, but things like the practices that you're doing. And I saw a video that you had, someone had like a migraine and you were like, you were pressing on their ear and I've never ever thought to do anything like that. So it's like, in this too, buddy, thank you. You're helping broaden my awareness and my expansion of how I can treat myself better, how I can take better care of myself so that I can show up in the best version of myself every single day. And understanding practices like this is making me really understand that there's other levels that exist here that I'm now excited to start to tap more into. Yeah, great. Yes. I have a I have an event coming up, I don't know, soon-ish, where once a month I'll be teaching people bodywork sequences. I realized that despite 
the nature of my work, traveling as well as doing stuff online, not everybody can get to everything. And also people have very interesting anxieties these days. And what I've decided to do with that is once a month, meet up with people and show them a short bodywork sequence that they can just do on each other. And then if you wanted to become certified in, in the process, just stay a little bit longer and I'll, expl I'll explain why we did what we did. But I feel as though it's easy to do. It's accessible. You know, you don't, you don't need like major qualifications to understand these short sequences. And the more of these short sequences that people can just keep in their toolbox, the the more confident I feel about more people believing that there's something that they can just do for themselves. It's so like you're that's interested. Please come and join me in that party. It's beautiful. You're giving people the tools to do it. You're not just like showing them and taking it. You're like, here, here's what it here. Like, take this thing. If it aligns with you, if it makes sense for you, so that you can work this into your daily practice as just like you said, another tool on the tool belt. That's it. When you mention the body sequence, do you mean like literally in just ways of moving your body? Are you talking about like tapping? Are you talking about acupuncture? Like what exactly do you mean with that? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you would, let's say it was yourself and you had somebody that was joining you and it was like Friday evening, 8 PM, something like that. And are you going to give me 90 minutes of your time? And I'll go, okay, everybody, we're going to do this today. I'll show you the sequence around migraines. So we're going to stroke these areas. And then you're going to work on these tissues here. Are you going to work on these three points? Something like that. And then, and then I basically talk you through it and you're doing it to your partner. And then afterwards, after about 20, 30 minutes, something like, excuse me, 40 minutes, then they switch and then they do it on you. And so uh, does that, you know, that that's really how I want to do it that way. So that you're chilling, you're chilling. I mean, you're all, you know, you're all, excuse me. So many of us out there are doing already. I'm sure you and there's umpteen yoga classes that I have, like thousands of classes that you can come and join into. What I'm really interested in is this co-regulation through touch, oxytocin, and the magic of that, and get us all in a love bubble and a healthy love bubble, healthy touch. You know, like the other, the touch, the ideas around touch have been poisoned throughout this lifetime and previous life in previous years, like before people had so many taboos around the idea of touch, we then just had a global pandemic, which takes us into another realm of how, how we have ideas around touch. And so a lot of people are still exploring that use of use of language. And although touch is a very, very useful language for me, touch that co-regulation and also just stimulating some very easy areas in an easy way to kick off somebody's state homeostatic state and encouraging to give them enough of a little push to align with their purpose. I mean, if more of us could do that for each other in the world, that's the kind of world that I want to live in. Mm. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> Uh, dude, I want to ask you real quick too. You mentioned breath work before and you mentioned yes. in the morning, you wake up and do breath work. What is an example, one or two of some breath work that you do in the morning to kind of get your day going? Sure. Okay. So let's say I'm very sluggish. Then I might take maybe like just 10, 10 deep breaths, inhale, exhale, equal counts, and then followed by a technique called Kapalabhati, which means skull cleansing breath short, sharp exhales through the nose whilst you pull the belly in with each exhale. And I would do maybe 30 exhales like that, pause for about two breaths, 
And that's one round. And I would repeat that about 10 times. Something like that, five to 10 times. And But intermittently, sip water. I'm not even being super strict about it. I'm not even being super strict yogi about it. Uh, and then if I have some time, maybe some alternate nostril breathing to to uh, to become a little bit more centered from all of that stimulation, a couple of deep breaths, then finish that water and get up and start moving. When you mention the, the 10 breaths that you do, where you do the same count in and out, mm-hmm. are you breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth or in through your nose, out through your nose? What, what exactly? Okay. okay. So if I'm if I'm breathing in and out of my nose, there's a particular type of steadiness that I want to align with. Maybe I want to connect to heart coherence. If if people haven't heard about that, then it originates from a system known as heart math, which was developed maybe some 40 years ago by a group of people that wanted to create a meditation practice that didn't have, I believe at the time, religious connotations, not just spiritual ones as well. And they're the people who have backed up this very interesting field of heart rate variability. And so a lot of people might be into that with aura rings and you know, all sorts of apps and all that kind of stuff right now. So inhale and exhaling through the nose, equal counts is very much related to coherent breathing. Very good for balancing the, the, the bodily systems. When I inhale through the nose and exhale out of the mouth, it's usually because I need to calm something down. <laughs> usually. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's helpful. That that Because... That's something too I want to start to work into my practice in the morning is just doing some very simple breath work when I first wake up. Yeah. Like for me, where I'm at right now, not getting into like this crazy 10, 15 minute of breath work, just doing something for like two minutes right after I wake up to just give some energy to me, but like balanced energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel all this and and like feel like, I don't know, an overwhelming sensation from it. I just kind of want it to put me at ease because a big part of my morning routine, Jambo, is so that I can start my day so I can ease myself into the day so that I can be calm starting my day. Because when I used to live in New York City, I would literally wake up, brush my teeth, shower, get dressed, rush out the door, get into work. And it was just this constant stress and and, and rush in my morning. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that didn't work for me. So like grateful for that experience because that told me that that wasn't a line and that didn't work for me, but just trying to wake up in the morning. So just for like that sort of maybe feeling, right? I want to wake up. I want to have just a little bit of, I want to have some energy come into me and I want to be able to stay calm as I take my first steps into the day. What do you feel like would be a good breath work exercise for me? I, I reckon Kapalabhati for you. Let's do it together now, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So I want you to put one hand over your belly button. All right. And it's short, sharp exhales through the nose. Each time you exhale, you'll feel your belly muscles move away from your hands. So it looks and sounds like this. Let's just do about five breaths together. Take an inhale through the nose. Exhale a little bit of breath out through the nose and then... And then stop and then just take two deep, steady, slow breaths.
And let's do one more. Take an inhale through the nose. Exhale a little bit of breath out. And let's do about 10 now. Relax the belly. Take a couple of deep, steady breaths in and out through the nose. And then let's do one more. Take an inhale through the nose. Exhale, let's go for 12 exhales this time. Relax the belly. Inhale through nose. Slow, steady breath. Exhale through nose. And then take one more steady, slow breath, just like that. Right, and then slowly open your eyes. How, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> There's like a, a presence to that too. It yeah. just very much brought me right here and now in this moment with you. Yeah. Not only do I just feel like a little bit calmer, a little bit more like even keeled. I just uh -huh. more, I feel more present too. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Thank you for that, buddy. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Can you share, can you, can you explain what's happening there? What, like in taking those short, quick um, breaths out through your nose? Sure. Right. What, what, what is that doing to our, to our system? Okay, so the first thing that's happening is that the abdominal muscles are involved with exhalation. And so in this, in this passionate time to do breath work, please know that I like to start the day with focusing on the exhale, because until you have a good exhale, you can't really have a great inhale. And engaging your abdominal muscles also stimulates the digestive system, and you're passionate about food, right? So you know that when you give the digestive system just a little bit of a push and get things going, then the whole, our biochemistry just changes. Wow. Then forced exhalation through the nose in that way makes us feel the forced exhalation travel through the sinuses, which is our first line of breathing, the nose essentially. So you're clearing all of that up first. Now, in, in, in yoga therapy, traditional Hindu yoga therapy, this type of breath work is known as skull cleansing or head clearing breath. So their idea is that it clears the mind and it helps with issues related to the mind. But for me on a level of biomechanics, get an exhale first before you inhale. Get the digestive system going because it's big, and it's important <laughs> and you know, clear the sinuses through so that you can actually breathe more easily. You sometimes, 
like like I think it was yesterday when I did that pranayama you know like if you have a chest infection expect it to be snotty have some tissues handy <laughs> hey, can I ask you too but like for me to wake up in the morning and do that breath work yeah I know we did like a short amount of it here what would you recommend like doing yeah. five exhales doing then doing 10 then doing 15 or just doing like I don't know 20 you know what I mean like what would you recommend as like the actual start with five and then build to 30. It's very much like, you know, when you do core work, when you're doing abs, it's a little bit like that type of stamina that gradually builds because you want the breaths to be somewhat relaxed, obviously not completely relaxed, but you don't want to overly strain. So when you can get 30 short, sharp bursts of an exhale, engaging your abdominal muscles with each exhale and feel that it's just comfortable, then that's a healthy amount of time to be doing that. I mean, you know, like if you, let's say I'm going to do something where I really need to pull my energy up, like handstands or something like that, you know, like, a, or, 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 or I'm going to speak in front of a very large audience and I just need to get my energy big. I'll go for anywhere between one and 300 exhales in one set get my energy really, really, really big. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes. So it's, it, and so start with five and, you know, don't think that like when I'm going 300, like that's even an aim. I don't know. There might be people out there who do 3000. I don't know. I've just personally come to a time frame or a, or a number of repetitions that works for me when I'm going into those, types of states. Now, what I said earlier, you know, when I'm doing something like handstands and I, you know, I use the example of handstands because that's what I like to do, but it can be anything that's quite physically taxing that requires a lot of core stability, anything. Like if you, if you go for a run, I go for, you know, before you go for a run, do 50 exhales or hundred exhales twice. All right. And then go for your run and actually write to me and let me know how that goes, please. Cause I, 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 I don't know, but you know, like some, or, you know, if you're a weightlifter or something like that, you know, before you go and start anything, get that, those pieces of your own biomechanics cleared first before you lift, because you'll, you'll just have more efficiency. You know, breath is the origin of movement. I actually have, have a course on that on my school. And if we utilize breathing, before we move, then we then the force transfer of breath moves through our tissues in a way where we can move way more effortlessly. But we, we stand and sit more than ever before these days. And so basically, we don't walk and squat enough and all that kind of stuff, right? So that kind of knowing how to breathe to move isn't as natural isn't as daily as it was many thousands or maybe hundreds of years ago hmm. interesting love that man thank you for sharing that perspective we're like thinking about our yeah, wow our breath work yeah. and what we're doing through our breath work to our automatic our autonomic nervous system what we're doing to literally the cells in our body that of course are going to have an impact on how we move throughout yes the Yes. In fact, the beginning of my yoga classes, my, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to add this. I should have added this earlier, but it's only just come to mind now. The way that I teach yoga is very much in line with the way that a human being develops. So human 
physiology, physiological development. And you, we are on our back. So we're basically spending the first part of the yoga session returning to movements and ways of breathing that we would have engaged with between one and three months. And so correct that breathing pattern first. And then we start to do these rolling movements and then come into hands and knees and then eventually stand up. And then whilst we're standing, a lot of the emphasis is on how we actually walk. What are the biomechanics necessary for walking? And how do we bring that into a yoga experience? I believe that if a baby has the innate intelligence to know how to force transfer with its breath in order to roll, crawl, stand up, walk, and do all this incredible stuff as we do as human beings now. We need to remember what that's like. Furthermore, I also believe that if each of us as individuals spend the time to breathe in the way that we breathed as babies, our breath becomes aligned to the way that we were breathing closest to the time of this incarnation. And maybe, maybe the way that we were breathing at that time will reveal some stuff about us that is very much worth knowing. That was what <laughs> ah, I appreciate that. Wow. It's just like, even when you say that too, it just, if we can align ourselves or bring ourselves back to that point where we were right closest to our reincarnation here. And to me, closest to source. Yes. Yes. Closest to source. Yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for holding the space for it to come up. Of course. And Gemma, so I want to ask you the, the question I ask every single guest on the podcast. So I always preface it the same way. You know, my my goal, purpose, it's not even like my purpose, like who I just feel like I'm here to be and what just feels great inside of me is helping shift the collective consciousness of the planet through this podcast, through my daily actions, through spread love movement, the page, uh, social media, um, you know, my, my, who I am here is to help shift the consciousness of the planet to a place that's more loving, more peaceful, more open, vulnerable, accepting of each other, more forgiving, uh, essentially a consciousness that is more aligned with our truth of who we are, our oneness. So, but how do you feel like every day you are helping contribute to this sort of a shift of consciousness. I like to do this through the medium of breathing. And it may be, you know, oh, I've heard it all before, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I still notice, I mean, I was just thinking of the way that people open up sessions recently and, I like to open up every session with breathing before I explain anything that's going to go on, actually. Because uh, I don't think that any of us are going to get anything until you're breathing and I'm breathing as well. And we're all breathing together, you know, and then actually prioritizing the power of breathing before we do anything at all. Because I believe that if I encourage that, then I'm opening the door of self-empowerment for each for each person. I believe that the, the diaphragm is like a keyboard. The nervous system is the software, is, is the, is the software, uh, excuse me, software. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. And how you breathe determines which program operates. So if this is the amount of power that we have, as we were saying earlier, 
then you can create anything with your breath. Anything at all, whether that's healing, whether that's abundance, whether that's freedom. And also I've been in enough sticky situations in my life and I can firmly, confidently say I definitely breathed my way through them, breathed my way out of them, breathed my way, you know, <laughs> up from them, whatever, you know. But with, mm -hmm. without it, we have nothing. And so prioritize your breathing, please, because this life force, you know, because once upon a time, the whole universe got together and said, you, you will be a great idea. Boom, there was your conception, right? And then you come along and you have this intrinsic nature about you, which is derived from your relationship with source. And when you're born, you're breathing in that way where you're close to that alignment with source means that you have a purpose means that whatever's going on with you whether that's stuff that you love or stuff that has happened to you and created scarring in whatever way is what you are here to share and whether we are afraid of unpicking that stuff behind those scars or afraid of stepping out from one world into another one, the one thing that will help you soar to that place is breathing. I just want to thank you so much. I feel like you've literally opened a new dimension of thinking towards our self-care and in thinking of really how I can show up because as I, how I can show up as the best version of myself as the highest version of myself, that is what I strive to do in every moment, dude. And you've just unlocked another way for me to be able to show up and do that. Incredibly powerful. Thank you. <laughs> Catch me, catch me when I haven't got a chest in <laughs> It's something that's just eluded my awareness. And I've had people come on um, and do breath work. And it's just my own journey. And, you know, it's it's touched me in these little bits here and here and here and here and here. And now this yeah. is literally opening the dimension and allowing me to understand it and see it in a completely new way that I never, ever, ever thought about before. So I cannot thank you enough and be grateful enough for that. Thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you. All right, bud. I cannot wait to listen to this episode when it comes out again. Um, and before we cut out, buddy, if you can please let everybody know where they can get a hold of you, where they can find your content online, social media, all of that stuff. Okay. If you are looking for me, my main website is jambodragon.com. And on that website is my online and in-person schedules. The online school is called JDS, the Jambo Dragon School. And it's the, the links are all on the schedule there. And social media wise, on Instagram is Jambo Dragon. And on Facebook, I actually use my, my surname, which is Trong, T-R-U-O-N. G. But, you know, if you just type in Jambo Yoga, Jambo Dragon in Facebook, you know, if that's what you use, and that will show up there as well. I do hope to, to hold, 
to hold some new people. So if there's anyone that wants to come and sample another way of exploring self-love, I'm very excited to work with you. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, this has been like a a truly special episode. I, I really, it takes nothing away from any other episode. I truly love them all. But when you can literally unlock a massive new perspective and new dimension into thinking, into something we can do every single day to change our lives and show up again as the highest, best version of ourselves. There's just something incredibly special in that and incredibly profound in that. Um, everybody, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for being here. If you want, if this has resonated with you as much as it has with me, if you are interested in diving more into breath work, body work, meditation, yoga, please find Jambo, reach out to him and just continue to open that perspective more and more. Buddy, thank you so much for being here and sharing who you are, what you do. It's beautiful to see that in another. Oh, thank you. I look forward to evolving with you. Love that. Oh, that was perfect. Everybody, thank you so much for being here. We have so much love for you. That's why we do this. That's why these episodes even exist. Cannot wait to see you next week. Love you all. Take care. Bye. Big love, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever you can do to help share this with the world. We put a lot of energy, effort, and time into creating this beautiful podcast with these incredible guests to help bring more awareness to the love that exists all around us. So if you can help spread some love, we'd really appreciate it. Love you.